if you do co- conventional construction methods with treehouse building, ultimately you really run a risk of damaging the tree because you can't just bring equipment in, you know, compact the roots and. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Baldman, and this is episode 262 with Django Kroner. Django Kroner is the owner of The Canopy Crew, a Kentucky-based company that builds one-of-a-kind rentals in the treetops and on the sides of cliffs. And when I say in the treetops and on the sides of cliffs, I really mean it. These homes, these tiny spaces are just stunning, and the locations that they've chosen for them are almost impossible. Like you look at them and you think that it wouldn't be possible to actually put a small cabin where they put them. So in this conversation, we talk about the business that Django has started, uh, renting out these small spaces, what it's like building these spaces, and what special considerations you have to use when you're building on the sides of cliffs and in the tops of trees. And I definitely encourage you to head over to the show notes episode for this page, thetinyhouse.net slash 262, to see some of my favorite photos of Django's various tiny spaces and rentals. So head over there, check it out, and stick around for the interview with Django Kroner. Right. I am here with Django Kroner. Django is the owner of The Canopy Crew, a Kentucky-based company that builds one-of-a-kind rentals in the treetops and on the sides of cliffs. Django, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ethan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I've just been getting so inspired checking out these images of, of these tree houses, cliff houses that you guys build. It, it like They almost look like they shouldn't be able to work or exist where they are. Oh, thanks. That's a, that's a, a big compliment to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well-deserved. Thank you. So I guess like to start, like how did you, how did you get into building tree houses in the, in the first place? It seems like a pretty like niche thing. Well, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I would climb trees a lot and I ultimately, <laughs> Uh, kind of used it as a survival tactic to escape the wrath of my older brother. And okay. uh, that was the only thing that I could do better than him. And the only place I could, could run away and, and he couldn't catch me. Uh-huh. So I ended up really falling in love with climbing around trees. I ended up, you know, I would spend hours a day in a tree trying to reach every limb and you kind of get good at the movement throughout it. I'd watch videos yeah. of, orangutans and try to mimic how they moved cool and then you know that that led to a life in the woods and building forts and um kind of erecting little structures that i'd spend the night in and that passion has always been there for me and when i was 19 i moved to the red river gorge to pursue rock climbing Mm -hmm. and was living in a tent uh, working as an apprentice for a timber frame cabin builder. And the the gorge is a very wet and humid summer kind of place. And after about six months, I kind of burnt out on the tent. I was, I was laying in on, you know, on the forest floor, looking up at the dry tops of the trees, just kind of like gently sway back and forth. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to be up there. And, uh, <laughs> 
from rigging skills, from rock climbing and building skills, I was like, I could, I could build a treehouse. So I, I asked the guy I was working for if I could build a treehouse on his land and live in it. And uh, he, he said, go for it. So nice. I started collecting materials, just kind of scrap and uh, slowly. I'd have friends over and they'd help me hoist stuff up. I, and I designed and built a very simple platform. There was a sycamore and a tulip that straddled a creek. And okay. I went uh, 45 feet up and put platform and lived on that. For the first year, it was just a platform. Wow. I had a hammock with a rain fly and a barrel that I kept my clothes in and a rope ladder to get up. And it was one of the like most fun times. It was like I was I was out in the woods, I was 19. I you know, I didn't have internet or really too much connection to the outside world. And all my yeah. other friends were going off to college and partying and I was having this like really kind of solo time. And I really enjoyed just just sitting there and, you know, kind of immersing myself in the canopy and um seeing what kind of critters would visit me. Yeah. If I sat quietly for, you know, 3 hours and the next year I put a roof on and the third year I put a railing on. <laughs> uh, so it was simple, but I didn't want to put walls on cause then it would kind of shut the forest out from me and I wouldn't be able yeah. to look out at the fireflies as I fell asleep. Nice. Nice. So that was my first one. That sounds super idyllic. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a, a much simpler time and one of the most special places to me and you know when i'd have friends over it was like really obvious that they would just have this kind of this feeling of it was it was inspiration but also like oh yeah like why not just do something why do why am i doing what i'm doing right now when i could mm-hmm. do anything and that felt really good to me and that ultimately led me to want to share that experience with as many people as possible and kind of share the canopy experience and tree houses with public. Nice. Yeah. There, I don't have a sense from, from the photos that, that you sent, which are, are beautiful and I'll, I'll put them on the show notes page for the episode. Like how many different tree houses do you, well, I guess I could ask how many tree houses have you built, but I know that, that you, you did do some building, you know, at times for, for other clients. Yeah. Um, so that desire to share ultimately led me to start the canopy crew. And I knew I wanted to build tree houses, but mm-hmm. I had no experience. I was not an entrepreneur. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to run a business. I didn't have any money. So I just thought, well, I got to get somebody else to pay for it. And, um, so we started building for, for customers. Okay. And in all, like, it's tough to kind of count structures. The way that I count it was like structures in a tree. So like maybe, you know, because one tree house might have three different tree houses connected by bridges. So yeah, we've done around like 50 to 60 structures and trees. Wow. And uh, we're currently building our 11th rental in the gorge. Nice. Nice. Wow. And are are you like kind of partnering with people who own land and have maybe an interesting spot and like building on on other people's land? Or are you 
buying land that, you know, you're like, oh, wow, these trees look amazing or like, oh, this cliff is awesome. Like, let me grab this parcel. Yeah. So we've done a little bit of everything. Um, Uh We've, we've purchased small plots with the intention Mm -hmm. of building on them. Mm -hmm. I've developed relationships with people who own land and kind of, you know, worked out a contract where I will build on it and become an owner of the land um, as, as a business partnership. Yep. And then we do have some lease agreements, long-term lease agreements. Cool. Cool. But ultimately my goal is to, you know, own land and build tree houses on it and share those with people. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at, at some of these, these houses that have, you know, incredibly long bridges to, to get to them. And I'm wondering, like, how do you, how do you approach building something like that? Like, is it kind of like you do as much building as you can on the ground and then you're like trying to, to like carry maybe wall panels up there or are you just like getting the getting that platform built and then like kind of going from there building on top of it yeah um each each one is different yeah at this point we prefab in our shop as much as possible yeah and we have a essentially it's like a high line so a zip line that has a a, a a winch like a capstan uh-huh. sailboat winch with a little yep. ele- electric motor so we'll like we'll run a line you know 80 feet in the air that's over the road the nearest road and then we'll pull a trailer up with a wall on it we'll lift the wall into the air 80 feet and then zip it across the line up to the cliff or to the tree wow and then lower it into place so it's wow. a lot of um a lot of rigging but like for example the bridges we don't prefab at all we 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 string a cable and we string another cable and we do drop cables and it's just piece by piece assembling it until there's something to walk on and then it's fine tuning and adjusting wow yeah i mean that's definitely the hardest part is just access and mm-hmm. if you do conventional construction methods with treehouse building ultimately you really run a risk of damaging the tree because you can't mm. just bring equipment in, you know, compact the roots and, you know, mess up the entire forest in the process. You have to be pretty, pretty ginger with your approach. Yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm guessing like, I'm guessing the tree itself can carry quite a bit of weight in terms of like the building. It's more yeah. like damaging the forest floor and like messing up the environment that you want to preserve and allow people to experience. You don't want to mess that yeah. up in the process of building the treehouse, Right. And, and trees are really quite resilient above ground, mm-hmm. but they're pretty yeah. fragile underground. And okay. we, I, I also have a, when I, when I wanted to be a treehouse builder, I um, realized that I had to get, I had to learn about how to take care of trees and that led me to start a mm-hmm. tree service. So I also do that. And, I, I know now that one of the ways that trees do get killed in, especially in urban environments is from root yeah. compaction. So mm. that's one thing that we really try to avoid. And uh, we try to really take care of our host trees. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So some of the homes there's, there's one, and I don't know the name of it. That's literally like, looks like it's just hanging from a cliff. 
like I can see that there are some like metal turnbuckles, yeah. like it's literally anchored into the rock. Can you talk about like, because I, I feel like I would never even think to be like, yeah, I could, I could hang a house under that overhang up there. Like, can you tell the story of that one? Yeah. So that, that one's called Cliff Dweller. Cliff, okay. Aptly named. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from a builder's perspective, you know, a lot of people are, you might see their work and you're like, wow, what craftsmanship. Yeah. How did you do that? It's so beautiful. For for me, it's like, how'd you get that up there? That's, <laughs> right. that's you know, my thing. And yeah. if I'm in a tree house, all I can think about is additions. And I like, I like going higher and I like, I like being in places that gives you a unique perspective and it's made a little sweeter when no one else can get there. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, if you can access a vantage point that other people can't, then it, I don't know, it just, it feels good. It's kind of like when you see a cat up on a little ledge looking down at you and you're like, oh, it looks fun. Yeah. But moving from trees to the cliff was a pretty natural evolution for, for us. Mm-hmm. The, the gorge is known for its Corbin sandstone cliffs. And, you know, I, I'm always looking at the cliffs like, man, it would be awesome to live there. And, you know, especially when it's got a natural roof and south facing and natural solar gain. And, you know, there's all these kind of cool advantages and the cliff is a really strong part of the landscape. So, yeah. you know, there's like a structural kind of stability feeling to it. And with Cliff Dweller, I wanted to create a space that was kind of really delivered on the exposure, something that created the illusion of danger in a way, something that made you feel like you were on, on edge, but that was, you know, totally safe and hanging it from the, the roof of the cliff delivered that. And it's an awesome spot. I mean, going up and being on the roof deck up there is definitely like, it's a one of a kind spot that it, it's just really fun. Yeah. It seems, it seems a little, a little death, death Like, you know, <laughs> if you didn't, if you if you don't have a fear of heights, you might find out that you do when you yeah. go into that one. It was funny because uh, that was our first build. We 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 posted it online when it was complete, and it got a ton of hate. And it wasn't hate. Yeah, huh. it was the first one that had that. And it wasn't for um, any reason other than people's fear response. People were just seeing it and they were commenting like, "Nope, like no way, I'm going up there." Yeah. And uh, I, I just, that made me laugh. I mean, and obviously there's a lot of people who are like, sign me up. Looks awesome. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's, it's not for everybody. And some people think it's way too adventurous. Yeah. Or crazy. <laughs> well, it's, it's to each their own, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, so have you, have you ever had a guest like think they could do it and just arrive and be like, I can't, I can't go up there. <laughs> Yes, that does happen sometimes, yeah. not often. We are yeah. very explicit in our description online about yeah. what is involved. And we you know, have a lot of photos and tell people, don't bring suitcases, don't bring coolers. Like it's everything's in a backpack. We yeah. have like the, the number of steps involved. And, and most of the time it's, it's not a heights thing. It's more of a, a number of steps thing. Yeah, yeah. 
but one thing we do is like in cliff dweller there's also a bed in the lower structure so okay. that if people are just totally freaked out they can they can have the option to sleep down a little bit closer to the ground yeah you're still in a treehouse but you're much lower many of them i see in in the images have you know rudimentary kitchens you know little like uh propane stoves um and and kind of sinks like it looks like a lot of gravity fed sinks um how do you you know how do you handle the plumbing and the toilet and all that kind of stuff i know that that it might be different in different structures yeah so when we started we were going like basically just off grid rustic we would do you know rainwater catchment gravity waters kind of working with yeah. springs that were nearby uphill yeah. little solar systems and as we've gone we've kind of pushed in the direction of more modern amenities so now like all the all of the newer ones that we've built have pretty much everything they've got flush toilets uh you know wow. pressurized water hot hot and cold showers mini wow. splits with air conditioning and heat so you know they're they're pretty much decked out plumbing is a challenge being up high because you have to you know insulate that line but ultimately part of the reason that we've been doing these kind of really exciting master bedrooms is that you don't need water in your bedroom so you know the bedroom yeah. could be in a really awesome location and then the kitchen and the bathroom can be a little bit closer to the ground where you can realistically keep a water line from freezing in the winter yeah yeah, because I saw in the photos that there's definitely like some with snow. So you you experience a winter there that would be hostile to to pipes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just like anybody else, there's some learning curve there. And we're we've had to develop our techniques to make that work. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I, I'm sure that that we're going to have some people listening who are like, going to go and look at these photos and be like, okay, my dream is to build a tree house and, and potentially live in one. Um, let's talk like safety of, of when you're working high up above the ground, like what kinds of things do you need to do to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe and also keeping whatever's under you safe. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, our staff is, mm -hmm pretty much all pulled from a, a, the rock climbing community. Okay. And if they're not, then they've been, you know, they've been learnt and, uh, in terms of rope access and, and yeah. how to be safe. Yeah. So I mean, the main thing is just get an education and how to work on a rope and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that is not hard to learn. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, there are certainly classes you can take books, you can read. Yeah. But, you know, on one hand, I'm like, you know, do some, do some trial runs, some small projects. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I just tell people like, go for it. You know what? Why not just yeah. go for it? You know, there's enough timidness like yeah. in the world. Like sometimes you just got to take a bite and see if yeah. you can chew. Yeah. So, so everyone's wearing a climbing harness and, and you mentioned running kind of an overhead line would would somebody essentially be like flipped into that overhead line so that if they were to like take a tumble that they're actually going to just be suspended from that right so we have independent systems for rigging and safety so 
Okay. The uh, the high line will be one system, and then everybody's got a climbing line that's anchored above as well. So okay. Yeah, I mean, you slip and you're just hanging on the rope. Okay. You know, we use we have like Senna communication systems in our helmets so that we can mm-hmm. talk from one end of the rigging to the next, yep. and yeah, just little things like that to make life a little safer and and easier. Yeah. No, that's 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 all important stuff to to kind of keep in mind when you start to think about building a treehouse. The safety part, you know, building it is only part of it. Then you got to live in it. And right. so really, you know, a big part of the safety part is like build it well and, and do your homework because there's a lot of things right. that are not intuitive about treehouse building. You kind of have to know the how a tree works. And and thankfully there's been now 30 years of treehouse building happening mm-hmm. pretty intensely intensively in the country so there's a guidebook you know there's a, there's there's hardware that we use there's mm-hmm. techniques to use and it's it's online it's in books and you can you can very you can learn from the mistakes of our forefathers yeah yeah i i actually had somebody from the the nelson treehouse crew Nice. on the show a couple years ago at this point. And I know that they, I believe they had developed their own kind of line of tree anchors and, and hardware. Um, yep. Are you guys, you know, kind of having your own stuff fabricated or are you, you are you, are you at that point yet? Um, so we, we fabricate a lot of our mm-hmm. bracketry and yep. um, kind of frame members, but we, get a lot of stuff from nelson i mean we're, we're friends yeah. with them like we buy our tabs our treehouse attachment bolts from them yep and uh we see them every year at the world treehouse conference so that's you know we are totally grateful for all the work that they do in uh yeah <laughs> making that stuff and, and also doing the testing yeah you know, they, they kind of take it to the lab and see what it actually can hold up and that helps us build I love that there's a World Treehouse Conference. Yeah, me that too. must be fun. It is. It's a great time. Nice, nice. So, like, we don't have to get to. Oh, well, actually, what I was going to say regarding the safety is that I was also kind of looking and appreciating the railings and the. I don't know what you call them. It's almost like a hoop covering over the 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 ladders. Yeah, you know, just thinking about okay if somebody falls while they're climbing this ladder or climbing these stairs how do we make sure that they don't fall all the way you know right. that they're just they're just falling back down to the bottom of the ladder not like down to the ground yeah yeah i mean we don't want anybody to get hurt and i think that you know the world has been nerfed to a degree and yeah I, I I always like remember fondly of the the playground that I had when I was a kid because it was epic. It was made out of telephone poles and tires, and you could <laughs> you could climb up super high and yep yep. And you now, now the one that's replaced it like is only six feet tall. And so I to me for for me there's a there's a piratical element to tree houses. It's it's a little bit of an open rebellion to you know, just kind of the, the, the padded corner world and, uh, and just to gravity, you know, it's just like, let's go up there. Let's, let's see what the view's like. And there is some inherent risk, you know, if you're, if you're spending the night up in a tree, I mean, a tree is a plant, 
it's a, it's alive and it, yeah. it, uh, it's cradling you. It's, it's holding you up. It's protecting you. But at the same time, it, you know, uh, uh, when a wind blows hard enough, the tree comes down and. Yep. Yep. It can move. There's something poetic there when you live in one, it, it becomes like a, you, you know, you develop a bond with your yeah. history. Yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. And so like how much, I guess like you probably can't prevent these structures from moving and swaying with the tree. So you probably just have to work with that. Totally. Yeah. That's the main thing about treehouse construction, kind of like boats. Yeah. You build them in a way where they can move. They're supposed to move. Yeah. We do a lot of dynamic attachments, um, a lot of suspension using aircraft mm-hmm. cable and yep. the sway is all part of it. I mean, you get a nice, nice gentle sway and you know, you, you, I, for me, I love it. It's like, uh, yeah, you're just, you're part of the landscape in a new way where you're like, oh, it's kind of windy out today. And right. You get like rocked, rocked to sleep. Right. Yeah. I mean. When I was living in my first treehouse, it was it was really high up. Uh-huh. The windstorm would come in overnight, and they'd be swaying all night long. And you'd get on the ground, and and that sway, you'd feel that sway for like the first two hours of your day, just while you're walking around. Yeah, it's like you you got your sea legs, right? Nice, nice. Well, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to to kind of share your your treehouse building insights with us. I, I was curious, um, you know, are there any like resources that you recommend any favorite books on treehouse building or design that, that you like to kind of recommend to people who are like, I, I want to do this. How do I do it? Yeah. Um, I, I wrote a book called the perfect Treehouse with okay. popular woodworking. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, that would be the first one. Just, it's pretty comprehensive. It, it, right, it goes so over. Book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. it, it goes over the basics without, you know, getting into the weeds to a point where you, your eyes start to gloss over. Okay. Okay. Beyond that, YouTube. I mean, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a big YouTube learner and Nelson's put out a bunch of videos on like, here's how you install a tab correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's super valuable. And, you know, people who, who are real serious and want to learn, I'd recommend that they'd go out to the world treehouse conference and, See it, see it firsthand. The World Treehouse Conference. I love it. I think I, I, I want to come. Is <laughs> it? Do they? I hope it's not inside of a giant con, like conference no, no, room. I hope <laughs> it's at a treehouse village. Okay, that's. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Nice. Well, Django Chrono, thank you so much for for taking the time. This was great. Yeah. No. Thank you. It was good talking to you, and uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully the world of tiny houses and tree houses will only continue to grow. Yeah. I I'm into that. Yeah. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you so much to Django Kroner for being a guest on the show today. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode over at thetinyhouse.net slash two sixty-two. There you'll find some photos of my favorite tree houses and cliff dwellings that Django has built. If you enjoyed this show, I would love for you to buy me a coffee. You can do that over at thetinyhouse.net slash coffee. Anything you can chip in helps to create the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast every week. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast.